the Work Joy Jam podcast. I'm your host, Beth Stallwood, and today I'm going to have a wonderful chat with Donna Reeves, who's an internal communications and engagement expert. And I think the subject of internal comms is one that often comes up on either the things that make me gloomy if they're not done well, or the things that help me really stay connected to the organisation if they are done well. And in our chat, we talk about things like the role of the manager and how challenging that can be, and how to really consider things like the purposefulness of your communications, who you're communicating to, And almost thinking a little bit like an internal marketing um, firm or advisory service. And I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Work Joy Jam. I'm very excited today to be joined by Donna Reeves. And rather than me introducing Donna, I'm going to let her introduce herself. And I'm just going to ask her a very Stella Black type question. And if you're too young to remember that, you don't need to worry about it. Um, who are you? What do you do? Where do you come from? Tell us a bit about you. Uh, well, it's lovely to be here, Beth. Thank you for inviting me. And I am old enough to remember Stella Black. Uh, So my name's Donna Reeves. I um, have worked in internal communication and engagement for longer than I can remember, 20 plus years. So my most recent role was in the luxury department store uh, Fennec. Um, And prior to that, I worked for Kingfisher, the group that owns uh, B&Q and Screwfix in the UK and other businesses across, I think, eight or nine different countries now. Amazing. And I am really interested to dig into things like internal comms and engagement, because so often when we think about work joy, or I think about the other end of it, which I call work gloom, things like poor communication and not knowing what's going on around in the business, all of those things come up as sources of things that don't make people very happy and that cause some trouble in businesses. And I'd love to go in and and talk about this stuff around internal comms and some of the challenges of it. And also thinking about as individuals, what can we do? So when it comes to work joy, we're all about like personal responsibility. What can you take? What can you do for yourself to keep yourself up to date? So tell me a little bit about you and your let's start with big let's start with your beliefs and thinking around internal comms in organizations because those are big organizations right there's a lot of people um, involved in them yeah great question um i think internal comms has a a, in, in my view companies almost shouldn't need internal comms because they'd have great managers who will be communicating every day with their team and you don't need a central function to you know, tell them how to do that. Uh, so if a communications function is great at its job, ultimately it should sort of almost do itself out of a job. Yeah. I think the reality is we're a long, long way from that happening. And I think that's there's a multiple, multi, multiple reasons why that is. So I think that uh, from all the uh, engagement surveys and things that I've been part of over the years, one of the the number one thing that comes back is uh, communication. Um, They don't get enough communication. And when you dig into what is it exactly, because I always take that very personally. (laughs) 
obviously that's my job, <laughs> that's my job. And, and and i feel very responsible for that but when you dig into what they mean it's often at a very local level from their manager mm. it's often that tactical uh information that they're looking for about um particularly in in the worlds that i've worked in which has been predominantly retail it's the what's the focus for this week what's the focus for today what should we be um making sure happens in our store in our area this week uh, and it's that very local communication that is often um, missing or not not as often or frequent as people would like yeah. when you talk to them about understanding of what the company is trying to do often they, they they're a bit more comfortable that they have that information how they translate that into what does that mean for me is I think one of the challenges it's it's a manager challenge and also a communication challenge mm. I often use an example of you know, Maureen on the till um, and thinking about so if we're communicating with Maureen on the till who has she comes in every day she uh, you know her time is spent sat on a at, a at a cash desk and she doesn't have a lot of time to read things she's not sat in front of a computer she on her breaks which will be short and sharp she's she wants to relax she wants a cup of tea she wants to perhaps check her phone or check in with her family how are we going to get her attention and if we're going to get her attention we better be sure that the information um, that we're giving the communication is really relevant for Maureen. Otherwise, yeah. it's a complete waste of everyone's time. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Is that understanding that not everyone in your organisation is sat at a computer waiting to read an email from you. They're in different situations. People have different types of job, different types of communication preferences, different yeah. ways of learning. There's so many things to take in. And that, I imagine when you're sat there thinking about how do we communicate to a big organisation, that's quite a complicated factor to consider, right? It is. And, and also, if you are sat at a computer, um you're we all know the, the joy of hundreds of emails every day uh, coming <laughs> yeah. into our inbox so it, whilst it's it's in theory easier to get a message to somebody who's sat out in front of a computer because you you feel you have a captive audience they've got so much that so much noise so many emails, messages, and now we've got all sorts of other technology with Teams and WhatsApp groups and all of those great things, which all have a role. But getting through that, cutting through that and getting a message to somebody who sat in front of a computer is a different challenge. Yeah, And I think that's one of the uh, important challenges for internal communication teams is making sure you've got the right breadth of channels so that you yeah. can get to people and that you're making sure your messages are really really relevant and targeted um, for that audience just as you would if you were in a marketing function with your customer segments uh, looking at how different customers um, 
need to receive uh, information and marketing from you. Yeah, and that's an interesting one, isn't it? It's almost like thinking like an internal marketeer to be able to consider who you've got, what's the right message, what's the right level of message, what do people need to know? And yeah. I always think in, in like the modern day world versus however many years ago um, when we started doing this kind of work is we're not short of channels or technology anymore. We're not short of those things, but we're short of people's time and attention for those things. Absolutely. And also having a, a myriad of channels doesn't necessarily help give clarity. Yeah. If, if people don't know where, to, I, I think that's one of the re- really important um, things that an internal comms function can do is be really clear on what channel is for what use and where you can find out. If, if you're looking for, I don't know, HR type information, you will find that here. We'll only ever communicate that through this channel. If you're looking for a business update or strategic update, this is where we might, we will definitely put that. You know, crisis comms, anything you absolutely need to know will come this way. I think that's important. You can't use every channel for, or keep mixing them up because people don't know where to go and given the time constraints and the attention spans because we're all under huge amounts of pressure and being bombarded with messages all the time you have to get that really clear if an example would be um, at the start of the pandemic uh, in Fenwick we were very very clear that Yammer which is our our internal network um, would be the place for news it would be the place we would always post first and they would get the most up-to-date information about guidance or you know our stores shutting or opening or where they could travel to or how we would treat their pay or any of those things that's where it will be and having that like real clarity for people is like this is where you need to go for this type of information rather than letting people try and work that out and get confused by it yes it's really important and I think coming back to your point about that sort of personal engagement I think there is there is an onus on individuals to to find out to go and find information but internal comms teams need to make really make make that very clear where they can go where and where they'll find this information versus that information but then the onus is on the individual so if we go back to Maureen if she's only got a 15 minute tea break and she just wants to sit and you know um, read the paper or then that's fine but if she has a query about her pay or wants to check what the latest situation is on holiday bookings or on so on then she knows exactly where to go in that 15 minute break that she's got mm. it's, uh, yeah it's really interesting isn't it it's, and also I, I sit here and I think about it is that it's not really rocket science is it this is actually some really good planning and thinking but actually it's not it might not be rocket science, but it's not easy to make it happen either. There is a lot of complexity involved when it comes to people and people have so many different ways of wanting information. Some people are like always connected. Some people don't connect 
very often with what's going on in the organization and actually being able to get consistent messages out there is really hard as well yes it, it is and and that's where the comms team needs to be really clear on what the strategy is you know yeah. and the channel strategy and be and share that with the right groups of people and then be consistent about how they use it so yeah. if this is the channel that we always use for business updates then this is the channel that we always use and um you can be flagging on other channels that the business update has just been posted, but it's always in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it disappears and goes to. No. And then if I'm, if, you know, if I'm busy or I'm out seeing a client or I'm out on the shop floor or I'm on a factory floor, you know, I'm, I may not be able to look at that at the moment it's posted, but I know where it will be. Yeah. And then when I have the time, I can go and exactly. look at it and exactly. if I need, when I need it, kind of that. And th- there must be a difference as well. I'm just like in my head going between the on-demand information that people need at some point in time when it's right for them. And then the other side of it, which is the stuff we need to tell people because it's important for them to know about. So there's kind of that push-pull factor almost between different types yeah. of problems. And there's also... Coming back to Maureen, I use as my example quite often, is why does she need to know? So I'm all for sharing and all for transparency. And um, I think people, most people want to connect to a purpose of the organisation and feel that they're adding value and contributing to that. And that's great. So I think we always need to, to think about that. There are some people who come to work who just want to come in and do their job do their job well and then leave at the end of the day they don't feel they need to connect to some greater purpose they just want to do their job and um and and leave at the end of the day and get their money you know get their pay packet at the end of the month or the end of the week and that's also fine i so i think we always have to question why are we doing this why does maureen need to know this does she need to know this today or is this something that we just need to make available and make sure everyone's clear on where it is. So if Maureen is one of those individuals who really wants to connect to the overall purpose of the organisation and she's passionate about that, she knows where she can get her updates. Yeah. Yeah, but not forcing every single bit of information on everyone because that that must be like the, the curation of what messages go out there and what information goes out there must be you must have to do that really carefully because you're right not everyone needs to know absolutely everything yeah it is and that is the constant battle because (laughs) everybody thinks their thing is the most important thing we've got this new shiny thing and we want to share it with everyone because we're we're super proud of it and we think it'll be really helpful and you and of course you want to you want to uh, help people that are really proud and want to share because you equally you'll get other functions who are less um, keen to share what they're what mm. they're doing uh, or you can work in a business which is actually not great at communicating and keeps everything very close to its chest so it's a great problem to have that everybody wants to communicate and has lots of really interesting projects and, and things to share but it's finding the right way to share them. Um, is it a need and absolutely critical that uh, all our colleagues know this today? Is it something that could go in a 
some kind of newsletter or, you know, however you do that digitally or paper in some places or is it a poster or is it something that goes on the internet with a with a little update there's there's so many ways you can do things but it's is it absolutely critical today as opposed to we've got a new I don't know a new CEO joining us and that's a quite an important piece of information for most people would be interested in who's running the business and where they've come from and who they are. And we don't want to push that out at, you know, 6pm in the evening when most people are not going to read it. You know, yeah. So there's, there's finding, there's ways of working. And, and I think just establishing those in a business is, is a sort of first step. Yeah, so you're thinking about what is the content? What's the right way to share it? which channel do we use even things down to like what's the timing of that as you said just then like you know you don't want to be sending this out uh, late at night if people are going to be um, not taking notice so there's a whole different no. factor involved as well which is timing and, yeah people try to what, do that when they want to hide out? when they want to hide something they often do that <laughs> like, no 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 we're not going to do that <laughs> Yeah, it's the whole, yeah, we don't want people to really engage with this particular bit. We'll just like pop it out late and no one will notice. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so lots of different factors involved here. And uh, yeah, like, being able to be have clarity around that, if you are somebody right now listening to this who works in internal comms or has internal comms as part of their responsibility. So I'm going to come in a moment about managers because actually a lot of people have an internal comms role which is wouldn't have internal comms in their job title but it is part sure. of their job yeah these are things to think about and actually even if you don't have this from your organizational whole organizational level if you're thinking about if you're a manager and you're in your team these are things that you could take and do and think about okay so what what's the content i'm sharing when am i sharing it who am i sharing it with what way am i sharing it on a more micro local level than just thinking about an entire organization those those points and those recommendations work at all the different levels right yeah, absolutely. And I think one one of the one thing that I've often done in um, in businesses where communication and engagement hasn't been as um, mature uh, a process as as it could be is share that Simon Sinek um, YouTube video of start with the why. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start and think about why we're communicating, why this message is important, and also this thing, you know, this thing that we're going to do, why are we doing it? Why why are we restructuring? Why are we shutting this area of our business? Or why are we merging those two functions? Why are we doing it? It's not just the what. We have to start with the why, as Simon Sinek would say. And yeah. I think that's super important. So if you're a, 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 for a manager who's just doing a small huddle on a Monday morning to update the team on priorities for the week, priorities for the week, why? Why are these, why are these things our priorities? You know, it, what, 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 what's driving that? Is, is helpful because then people are not just doing a task without understanding why we're doing it. Yeah. So the context and the background. So and important. 
more important somehow than the what, I think, when you're in that zone. Well, if you want people to be empowered to do the right thing, which lots of businesses talk about, they want people to use their initiative, um, you know, they want them to um, feel that they can, you know, take the right action with a customer in front of them, if that's if they're in a retail environment, then you you have to give them the context. So if you've set the context really clearly for them, that then it's easy for them to know what the right thing to do is in that environment rather than having to go and ask somebody. If if yeah. you constantly just give them tasks without context, then it's unsurprising that they will if 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 something happens outside of that task, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And that whole, you know, it comes up a lot, doesn't it? Empowering people. Organisations want people to take initiative. They want innovation. They want better ways of doing things. But to enable that, you have to give people the understanding of the the, the framework in which they're working. What is the what yes. is the goal? Why is that the goal? What's important around that? What are the behaviours that are okay around that? What are the values yes. that we hold dear in this organisation so that people can act in a way that makes sense in their role and that yes. makes sense for their customers and that makes sense for the people around them yes exactly exactly if you don't give them the context and you just constantly give them a task or a small piece of the puzzle then it's unsurprising that they can't take the initiative and go above and beyond because mm. they don't have enough information about what we're trying to do as an organization or a team or a division or whatever it is it's it's so important to give that context to start with the big picture and then come break it down into the small chunks so you know you know our vision or our strategy or however you describe you know what the focus is for the for the team in your business and then say right and that you know that's our north star that's where we're heading and so this week we are focusing on x so anything we can do to drive X is is really important. And here are some things that I thought we would start with, and then you give, then you've got task focused. But at least yeah. people understand that bigger picture. Yeah, and it's so important. But it's also something that we often forget to do. We kind of get because, and I, I think this is one of the challenges of organisations and how things work is that we're often measured people are measured on the what they do so they're measured on the you know the numbers of how much you sold or what you've done here or how many calls you took today or you know there's a million different ways to measure the what so the what seems to be the focus of the attention but actually to do the what better there's a few steps before that before you actually get into it that is so easy to forget yes and I mean if you're on a call center and you're you're focusing on calls answered I mean yes that's a met that may be a useful metric to understand whether you've got the right resourcing and whether you're handling enough uh, and how many complaints you're receiving and so on. So it's a, it's, it's a useful metric, of course. But the quality of the conversations that go on in those calls and whether those customer service agents are able to really support customers and deal with things and at that first level as opposed to it being escalated or the customer coming back four times that's a better metric isn't it yeah definitely 
um, harder to measure, but yes. definitely a better way of thinking about things. And actually, if you want to get better metrics, maybe stopping focusing on the what and focusing on the why might actually help you achieve better things because it helps people connect with what's the reason and why am I here and what am I doing and how do I do this really well? I have a question for you and you brought it up earlier, like right at the beginning. And I think it's a really interesting one for us to dig into if you're up for it. And this is about the role of managers Mm -hmm. in terms of internal comms. And I love the, I love the vision would be, and I I totally believe in this vision because I probably believe in the same thing for kind of HR teams is that you don't really need them because everyone's really good at doing the manager stuff. I don't think we're there yet. I agree with you in terms of managers. Obviously most managers I know are, slightly overwhelmed (laughs) yeah um they have they often have a day job to do and management is part of their day job they have things coming at them from all different angles um from colleagues or partners or clients they have their team to look after they have things that their managers want them to do management is a, a challenging role and when you add things like internal comms into that which is obviously a really important part it's I'm not surprised that managers don't always get the internal comms bit right when they have so many things to do yeah agreed (laughs) and um I I stopped talking because I couldn't breathe anymore because I lost all of my breath um but but I think that the challenges here is how do we make and I'm sure you've got some tips for this how do we make it easier for managers to be good at doing the comms stuff uh, so it doesn't feel so overwhelming and like another thing added on to a very long to-do list. So there's a, I have a couple of views on on managers. Um, I agree with you completely. I think they're invariably overwhelmed. Um, they have so much on their plate and it feels like it's a, it can feel like this is another thing to do. I think it, I read many, many years ago, one of the Gallup books about managers. And there was this story that's always stuck with me, and I often use it as an example, which is we often promote people to be a manager of people because they are technically very good at what they do. So one of the stories in in the, 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 the Gallup book was about an engineer who was an exceptional engineer and took, you know, took a, the, the, the whatever it is that they were making apart and could put it back together and drive efficiencies and um, he, he was brilliant. And so to recognise how brilliant he was, they made him the engineering manager, at which point he never got his hands on any kind of um, piece of product again because his role was elevated from that Mm. he's two steps removed from the thing that he loved and was brilliant at and made him the manager of the team without any training without any support it's just almost almost it was recognition of his brilliance at being an engineer and now he's no longer really an engineer whilst he has obviously that knowledge it's how do we help managers to be a great manager because it is it's a huge job it's a huge responsibility Mm. and it comes with lots of responsibility you're managing other people you're responsible for their their careers their feedback their um a, a level of engagement whilst i 
absolutely believe, as I know you do, that, that, that we all have to be responsible for our personal engagement. Your manager, you, you, you join a business, but you often leave a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it, ha- it has such a big, profound effect on your daily working life. Um, so I think it's about helping the managers when they first become a manager to really understand what that means. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I would say. I then think if managers could understand that if they communicated and engaged their teams more, that would actually take the pressure off of them. But actually, it seems like a huge task to do on top of what you're already doing. But actually, if you could do more of it and, and empower your team to do more, you would need to, you'd become more that conductor of the orchestra. Mm. And if you think about the conductor of an orchestra, they're the only one not playing an instrument. You know, you're there, raised slightly above, and you're looking, and you're looking over and you're seeing the violins and you're thinking, oh, someone needs a little bit of help over there, so I'm going to spend a little time over there to help that there. Or I'm going to look over here, at the brass section, oh, somebody over there needs a little more encouragement and a little help, so I'm going to look over there. It's it's that I think you know you if you can if you can give more to your team, you will get it back. Mm. It will actually help you. Yeah, it's like the upfront investment, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. it's going to take a bit of investment of my time and effort and energy here to be able to engage people well. But that investment will be worth it because the payoff will be better because people will be more engaged, more able to take yeah. on responsibility, more able to do their jobs really well. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting talking about the conductor of the orchestra. One of the things I often say is that the conductor's job is in the rehearsal. And by the time you get to performance, that actually it's the rest of the team that are doing the job because their job there is to help people develop and help people be great at their jobs mm-hmm. and help people to perform really well and help people when they're having challenges and that all happens as you're working through it and then when you're in the kind of performing zone when you've got a high performing team you're there as you say just checking in on things you're there um making sure that everyone's in a good place and I think uh, you know talking about managers as well in the time that we're in right now you know in the last two years I think managers roles have become probably even more challenging because when you've when you're managing a hybrid team, uh, which is what a lot of people are doing now, where some people are in the office, some people are working from home. If you're managing people who are struggling with things like mental health issues, which we know a lot of people have, you're struggling with things like burnout and, you know, working from home fatigue and all of the challenges over the last few years, I think has made, has, has a lot of pressure, more, even more pressure on managers. And those things make, I do think, make internal comms a bit more complicated again, like it adds another layer to it. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely does, um, and I think and I think it's equipping and helping and supporting managers. Yeah, um, it is is should be something that we're you know as a as a business as a uh, as an HR function as a, an L and D function, a lot of energy should be put into supporting managers mm. with all of those things that you've talked about, which I, I absolutely agree with. Um, you know, the dynamic of hybrid working, of people's challenges, you know, dealing with whether some people have been very nervous to come back to work. Um, you know, some people 
can't wait to get back to the office. Uh, it, it, there's a whole, you know, so many different scenarios that as a manager you're dealing with, as well as being um, managed yourself by, you know, targets and what you need to achieve and, and so on. But as we all know, we'll do those, all of those, achieve all of those things through your team. Yeah. I know, I know it's, there's no I in team. It's, it's, it, it is one of those things that you, you will only get the job done with your team. And, um, you know, I'm a, a great, I love talking about leadership as I know you do, but, you know, you can be a leader by just by your sort of seniority. And that's one definition of the word. But actually, if nobody wants to follow you, then you're really not a leader yeah. because it's about the followership. It's about having people who know that you're you've got their back and you're you're you know you're you're challenging them some of the best bosses i've had you know the best boss i've ever had was incredibly challenging of me in fact i really didn't like him initially <laughs> yeah I, I mean he knows that <laughs> i love him i love him now and we're still in touch and he's someone i would still pick up the phone to if um, I needed some advice, he, but he pushed all my buttons when I first started working for him, and uh, but we we had lots of great conversations, and he had this wonderful way of giving me a, a hug and giving me a slap all at the same time, <laughs> met- metaphorically. A, t- a bit of tough love. A bit of tough love, but also support. Yeah. So he, I knew he had my back, but he would also push me, and he was pushing me with intent, with with positive intent, yeah. because he knew I had it in me, because he knew I could do it, um, and I think that's really important. You know, you, your team will will you know, run through walls for you if they know you've got their back and that you're their biggest supporter, their cheerleader. There, you'll give them feedback, um, tough love, as well as you know the nurturing arm around the shoulder when they need it. Yeah, and that for me is around one really clear thing, and that's about understanding and knowing your team really well, yeah. like as people, as human beings, not just as people who deliver a task. It's get, saying, you know, I know who Donna is. I know, I know how to develop her I know how to push her I know I know when I have gone too far and I need to give her a bit of a hug and but you don't get that from not spending time understanding and getting to know your people absolutely absolutely and I think you you have to spend the time um and that can be you know through through all the all the things that we you know we all know about so one-to-ones time together you know lunches team days social gatherings you know it's all of that stuff all that good stuff it's it's building relationships building rapport um you know doing strengths you know understanding people's strengths and where people struggle and um i'm i'm a great believer in putting all the emphasis on building the strengths rather than you know trying to strengthen weaknesses but i think you have to mitigate those weaknesses so if somebody is has got a is is less strong in an area you one of the other members of the team hopefully balances that out that's about building a great team of people that work really well together um but i think you're right you only work that out 
by spending time with them. Yeah, and that time is precious, right? And it, it's about where are you going to invest that time? And it, it's, I, I get it because it's, it's a similar thing to when you talk about coaching people rather than telling them what to do. It's, it, take, it takes longer in the beginning part but it doesn't take longer in the end part. You, you, you invest the time up front in getting to know people. You invest the time in coaching people. You invest the time in helping people, whichever version of this stuff is. If you invest that time up front, the rest of it happens more easily. It happens with more efficiency. It happens with more effectiveness. It happens with more engagement if you um, make the effort to make that time happen. And I also think with investing time is you'd be amazed what a regular 10-minute conversation can do versus having to have a whole day with somebody or having to have hours and hours and hours of conversations. I think sometimes we overestimate the time is needed and therefore we don't do it versus having regular little bits of time with people. Yeah, and, I, and it's also being a human being. I think, I think I've seen in, my, in, my, in, in different businesses, when people, particularly when people are early um, in their managerial careers sometimes they they sort of feel they need to exert you, you know that sort of I need to show you that I am now a manager <laughs> I need to show you that um, that uh, I have more power <laughs> I, you know it's sometimes people react don't they in, in that way that yeah. they need to feel they need to step up because that's probably the language that's been used we need to see you step up um, and they sort of behave oddly because yeah. they're sort of feeling like they need to show everybody who's boss around here of course that's the worst possible thing you could do you do of course need to to um, to do things to do some things differently but you don't need to become a different person yeah. because actually if people know that you're a a good person, uh, someone who cares about them, cares about their work, cares about them personally. People will, the fact that you're now the manager, yes, sometimes there's a shifting dynamic if you've been, you know, one of the one of the team, um, one of the boys and girls, and all of a sudden, you, you know, they feel they can't socialise with you or tell you something because you're suddenly their manager. Yes, that, that can, that's a shift. But you've not changed fundamentally you're still the same person and and people just need to know that you're you're still the same person you're a good person you're here to do good work and you're you've got their back yeah yeah and that that buddy to boss or mate to manager situation is a hard one to manage if you're in that zone but you can make it happen and it's yeah, yeah again it's not about suddenly becoming a totally different human being it's about remembering who you are and being the best version of that in a new context and with new responsibilities and taking that seriously I always think like, take the job seriously but not yourself too seriously and that way yes. you'll probably be in a good position I agree I mean I do think there are many leaders managers who take themselves very seriously I've never really been someone like that um I've always enjoyed spending time with people at all levels in the organization and felt that that was hugely valuable to me I think it's I think it is for everybody I think it's particularly valuable for internal comms professionals I think the best internal comms people are not at their desk yeah they're, they're out they're talking to people they're walking around they're chatting they're 
in the canteen or you know they're on the shop floor but they're they're talking to people they're hearing what's going on how people are feeling um what's word on the street it's all of that stuff and um, it's really really important yeah and i think that's a, such a great point is it, it you know whether you are an internal comms professional or you are a manager or you are have a role which has some of this stuff within it that you need to do is you're not there to be a loudspeaker for something you're there to actually listen and to understand and to know what's going on so that when you do communicate you're doing it in a way that makes sense to people and you know what the challenges are and you know where people are struggling so that connection with the human being versus the I need to just tell people a message is where it becomes more meaningful yeah and it's also one of the areas that internal comms can really add value because you when someone comes you know a senior person comes to you and says you know this is the this is the I'd like to get a message out you know I'd like to do a little update I'd like to say something like this and you well no that's not that's not going to land well but let me share with you why that why I think Mm. that's not the right thing to do if you're not close to what's going on in the business you you can't do that yeah you can't be that they often use the word trusted advisor in internal comms because you should be able to for your senior team for your chief exec or or, your your senior executives be able to advise them on on the right thing the right course of action from a comms perspective because you know not not just from a comms professional perspective about the way to get a message or the way to craft a message but you know the business and you know what word on the street is and how people are feeling yeah that's so interesting and I honestly we could talk forever about these different things I'm sure there's a a million and one different things we could recommend for people but what I'm going to do now if it's okay with you I'm going to move you on to some quick fire questions are you ready okay I am braced you don't need to be nervous you don't need to be nervous about this they're they're, they're not difficult questions um first question this is a personal one for you so we've obviously talked about the importance of internal comms getting the joy or feeling the other side of it but for you what is always guaranteed to bring you a little bit of work joy being with colleagues yeah uh, being out you know i think particularly in in my retail experience being with colleagues in in stores has brought me the most joy um being out and about chatting to them seeing the huge enthusiasm um for doing the jobs that they do and um that always brings me a lot of joy love that um and also helps you do your job really well so it has like a double whammy yeah brilliant yeah indeed question two what book are you currently reading i am reading oh my goodness Oh my goodness. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember it. But I, I come back to me. I'll come hold back that hold that thought caller. I will come back to you on <laughs> a second. Um <laughs> Shall I ask you a different question? Because when you ask a different question, sometimes the, the answer to the question before pops back in to your mind. Oh, it's it's sat on my bedside table. Um I can go and get it in a second if that would help. Um if you can't remember that one, maybe what's a really good book you would recommend people to read? Uh, 
Um, so I read the uh, the Vanishing Half recently, um, which was exceptional. I'm loving currently. Uh, I don't know if anyone else watches it, but uh, the the um, between the covers, the book show on BBC Two. Um, it's called Between the Covers, and it has four or five um, well-known individuals who bring a book that they absolutely love and would, would highly recommend. And then they talk through two or three new books that have, have just been released. And ah. it's where I get my often, I'm on, um, I have a little list. So I watch that program and, and then I write down, actually, let's go to my little notes section because that might give me, where's my book list? I love I've not heard of that one I'm gonna to have to give that a watch because I love a good book recommendation love it between between BBC two right I've noted that down for myself yeah um, I've, I've got a few <laughs> things in my pile so I've got Abby Morgan's book um which is a I think personal to um it's a, a story it's about her her life and uh she's the writer of the split which oh, I love okay, you know yeah. tv drama um that's next on my list and nobody will tell you this but me is another one that's on my on my bedside table which I've not yet got to oh okay cool love it I'm totally gonna watch that program now uh next question what is the best or most useful bit of advice that someone has given you in your life that you always <laughs> find yourself coming back to so uh, I mean anyone that knows me will laugh at this but when I first um, was promoted into a group role at Kingfisher, so initially my role was very kind of UK focused, and then I was um, promoted into the, a, a role that you know was going to be working with all of our the operating companies. Somebody said to me, um, a senior individual said to me, "Go and visit everybody, go and spend time with everybody, and have lunch." And he's then said to me, it's so important. And us Brits are not as great at, you know, we're a sort of sandwich at the desk often. Um, if even if, if that sometimes, but in continental Europe, they stop and they go and have lunch and it's a very social uh, moment and they enjoy lunch. Then they come back to work. Um, and, he said it's in absolutely invaluable for building relationships um, with colleagues, uh, you know, from from our businesses. And so that's what I did. I'm very proud of my effort in that in that case, in that uh, space. Actually, I did lots yeah. of lunch, but that's... it's built great relationships. And actually, I think it's something that potentially we don't do enough of in the UK. It's actually that having a conversation over some food or a drink or whatever, where you can have that more human conversation than you can when you're standing at somebody's desk. It just, yes. there's something about that. And yeah, you're right. A sandwich at your desk isn't going to do that relationship build. Yeah, I, I think, and, you know, so I, there's obviously a... Um, a social element to it but it generally wasn't you know it yeah. was there was a little bit about getting to know each other but there was more about work and how we could work together and what the biggest challenges were and 
the more you do that, the more you build a rapport and a relationship with people. I, I think my my way of working has always been to build relationships. Yeah. I would go out of my way to build relationships with people that are um, that I work with, uh, whether that be stakeholders or colleagues, um, because it's, A, it's something I find enjoyable because I want to get to know people because I'm a people person. I want to get to know people and understand what their challenges are, how I can help them, how we can help each other. It's also often a vital uh, source of information. And I don't, you know, that, that that comes with obviously a responsibility for discretion and confidentiality, of course. But from, uh, from my perspective, that's always been a really important um, piece of advice that I was given. It's a great bit of advice totally great bit of advice um the next one for me is what's one super practical bit of advice from you to our listeners that you think is something that they could go and do now do tomorrow build as a habit that you think would bring them a bit more work joy in their lives oh um i think understanding the bits of your job that you love yeah that bring you more joy versus the bits of your job that you you know that that you don't enjoy um is really um, important and i know you talk a lot about a, a lot about that it, yeah. it's very easy to, to 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 sometimes think well i won't those things i i, I sort of do them under duress you know, I, I sort of have to do that thing. Um, see if you can flip it round and, and find a way of doing it or a way of approaching it that would bring you more satisfaction and more joy in, in doing it. Whether that's through helping a colleague to learn about something and, and make, you know, maybe delegating that task or offloading that task, but in a way that makes somebody feel really empowered to do something different or you know another yeah. element of their job I think it's all it's about how you think about things and sometimes it's about the reframing of it yeah and I you know as you know I would totally agree with that statement is that number one to be able to get more work you have to know what gives you joy in the first place so you have to know what it is and to, to be able to build it and number two is that our brains are always drawn to the negative it's a survival mechanism we're drawn to the things that aren't quite right but if we can realign and reframe some of the things that we think don't bring us joy and think about well which bits of it are actually okay which bits of it do I actually enjoy which bits could somebody else do and when you're thinking about that develop thing, you know, de delegating thing, I have a, I have a phrase that somebody I can't, I cannot remember who who I heard it from, and I'd really love to be able to credit them for it, but I can't remember who it was, but it's stuck in my mind, which is delegate to develop, not to offload. So if you're ever mm. thinking of delegating something, it's how does this help that person develop themselves? How does it help with their career etc and you'll probably find there are loads of things that you can do in that world if you think about it in that way and you'll be able to you will actually build more joy just by knowing what brings you joy it actually helps even just knowing it um because then you see opportunities for doing more of it and you see the you see the things that are maybe not in the joy space but there's a bit of it that is and you start to feel better about it so yeah i would also advice. i would also say if there's something you absolutely just have to do 
and it really doesn't bring you joy just do it get it over with yeah like get I, you it know, done. I, I i think um in the past i've probably put that to the bottom of my to-do list and then you eventually get to it and it's, I don't know, five o'clock in the evening and you're just thinking, I can't, I just can't bring myself now. <laughs> now's, now's not the moment. Yeah. Um, then actually it's it's about doing that whilst, you know, first thing in the morning, get it over with, right, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to get myself a nice cup of coffee or some breakfast or whatever, just yeah. get it done. And then, you know, the rest of your day is, is uh, filled with things that uh, bring you more joy. Yeah. I'm the same like in that and then you spend like weeks and weeks and weeks and when you do it it takes like half an hour and you're like, I should have just got on with that rather than having it on my to-do list for way too long so thank you so much for coming on the work with jam Donna it's been lovely oh, it's been you. my absolute pleasure to chat to you for <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find out more about you or get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you and your work and what you do so I'm on LinkedIn Donna Reeds uh, feel free to message me through uh, through LinkedIn or connect. We will put your link into the show notes so that people can click on straight through. Thanks again, Donna. It's been fantastic talking to you. Thanks so much, Beth. Take care. Bye. Well, a huge thank you to Donna for joining me on the Work Joy Jam podcast. I think internal comms is one of those things that is really, really difficult to get right for everybody because everyone has those different styles different preferences different ways of taking information different ways of learning and actually really getting to know your people understanding what's going on on the ground I love that advice about actually going and walking the floors and understanding what's going on with people having those conversations building those wonderful relationships with people so that you know what works for them and you're able to consider what's the right message at the right time what's the right channel what do people need to go and seek out for themselves in a kind of on-demand version versus what do people need to know right now today? And that difference between the, the kind of big corporate message, if that's where you're at, and the local engagement from a manager, how does that work for you? What are you doing? Wherever you are, I think if you have a role in leadership or management, you have an internal comms role. So what are you doing to make sure it's really purposeful, channeled in the right way? And it's a big thing and it is quite complicated to get it right but if you get it right if you really invest in it if you invest the time and energy it's something that can make a massive difference to how your people feel and if you can make a massive difference to how your people feel bring them more joy then the work is going to improve as a result of that so totally worth the effort again huge thank you to donna for joining me and it, remember, there are lots of different episodes. I think of it as like a pick and mix. Go and see the different people that, or the different subjects that inspire you on the Work Joy Jam podcast. We also have a freebie, a giveaway, if you're looking at starting your adventure to getting more Work Joy. It's called Work Joy, Where Do You Get Yours? It's available to download on createworkjoy.com. So please do go and download that. Give it a go and see where you can get some more joy. Thanks so much for listening.